0: Hi everybody. My name is Tom Allison. I am the global senior vice president of professional marketing, as well as co-founder for the Cerebee skincare brand. What I like most about beauty is the fact that it's so tangible. It's visible. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty is Your Business covering the intersection of innovation
1: and business in the beauty industry. Hi, welcome to Beauty is Your Business. This is Mimi Banks, and today I'm so excited to be with Tom Allison, one of the founders of the amazing brand CeraVe. Hi, Tom.
0: Hey, Mimi, how are you?
1: I'm great. I cannot wait to talk about one of my favorite brands in the world, who happens to also be my client. So full disclosure, we work very closely together, but I would love to talk about all things CeraVe.
0: That's awesome. And first and foremost, thank you so much for your interest and congratulations on all your success. You know, this Beauty is Your Business podcast is really a lot of fun for me as well to understand what's happening within beauty and to listen to the other founders and other important executives within the beauty world.
1: No, I think it's a great forum for people to be able to tell their story. And it's super inspirational to learn from others who have gone through it or even talk to people who want to do something similar. So let's go back to all things, Sarah. The first thing that I love to talk about is the pronunciation. Everyone pronounces it differently. How do you say it?
0: The official pronunciation is Sarah V. You know, it's interesting when you start a brand, among many decisions that you have to make is you actually have to name it as well. And one of the things that was important to us is we wanted to make sure that our name represented some unique technologies that are involved in the brand that makes it unique. So the reason why it's pronounced Sarah V is the C-E-R-A, obviously, if you're familiar with the brand, stands for Ceramides. And we can get a little bit into why those are important and why we animate them throughout the entire line. But the second part of the name, the VE, is equally important. It comes from a very pharmaceutical discipline. And if you were to track back where Cerave was owned from its beginning, where we started, as well as was acquired by another pharmaceutical company and then ended up being owned by L'Oreal, a pharmaceutical company's job is to not only identify what are those ingredients that might make a difference in skin or in disease, but you also have to figure a way to get it there. Pharmaceutical companies focus as much on vehicles as they do actives. And as you know, the skin's very complex. I mean, it really is a living, breathing organ. It is your largest organ. So it's not just enough to animate with actives, but you got to get it to where it needs to go in order to make a difference in compromised skin. So what the VE stands for is something called multivesicular emulsion. So when you combine those together, that's how we came up with the name Saradie.
1: You know, it's interesting that you talk about the complexity of skincare and the complexity of the skin, but I think one thing that CeraVe does very well is simplify it. Because it is complex, because it is hard to discern, because it is hard to understand, I think that CeraVe helps the consumer understand what they need for their skin.
0: No, I think that's a safe bet. You know, We have this saying among the very talented individuals that work on this brand is that perhaps skincare shouldn't be so complicated. Now that doesn't mean that we don't have a full range. I mean, we are now over probably a hundred individual stock keeping units. We are over a hundred individual stock keeping units. We have a lot of different formulations and we're trying to meet that consumer at that point of need. But I do think you're right is that we tried to break down skincare in its simplest forms and try to develop skin type cleansers, some treatment products, as well as the idea of helping to repair and restore your skin barrier through hydration. And it's really those kind of regimen-based steps that we try to drive. And we use colors, for example, on our packaging to make it really easy for the consumer. Our cleansers tend to be in the green family. Our moisturizers tend to have a, a more of a blue family color amongst them. Again, maybe some nuances of blue or nuances of green, depending on the skin type or specific ingredients that we're using, as well as within the middle, that treatment range, you know, using things, colors like purples, you know, and teals and stuff like that. So again, how can we help that consumer navigate the shelf to make a decision for themselves? Another easy thing to understand with our brands is our naming conventions. It's a hydrating facial cleanser. It's a foaming facial cleanser it's a moisturizing cream it's a daily moisturizing lotion really trying to break it down in the simplest terms because we realize when you go to shelf or when you're doing some search online it can be an overwhelming category to try to tackle
1: so overwhelming the aisles are crowded the brands are crowded it's hard to stand out but cerave had a moment and it's still having a moment because you can't talk about cerave without talking about tiktok and Even being on the inside of this, it was wild to watch the explosion that all of a sudden we didn't have a TikTok page and we started to see these people talking about CeraVe.
0: No doubt about it. And, you know, if you were a consumer, still are a consumer, we want to thank you, obviously, for your support because you stuck with us where we had some challenges, I think, on supply. We are well out of them when we put together... A really strong manufacturing plan and are now shipping the customer at the level that we should have been all along but it really speaks to how we were also caught off guard but i'll be the first to admit if any brand was going to go viral like that CeraVe deserved to be that brand because ultimately it's always about product performance and value for proposition that is CeraVe in a nutshell and it goes viral. I think the only way you can go viral is in the way where it was inspirational and you had a lot of people replicating their experience, having fun with it on a platform like TikTok is because the product performed. It made a difference.
1: And the product works. It's really efficacious. I and mean, there's a reason why it's the number one dermatologist skincare brand. There's a reason why the dermatologists and medical professionals back CeraVe and it's such an important part of the brand. So it goes hand in hand.
0: The other nuance, I think, as you bring up the dermatologist is our unique relationship, but it's also so important to us. It's actually part of our name. So we had tackled already how to pronounce CeraVe, but if you notice right under the logo, it says develop with dermatologists." So what that means for the audience is every single formulation, even before we had any product on the shelf. Because we were part of the dermatological pharmaceutical world and had built some really meaningful prescription medications within that space across several diseases, we sat down with the formulation and ingredients experts. Think of these physicians as the physicians that teach other physicians. They're the people that write the textbooks that medical schools buy and use to teach the specialty of dermatology. These dermatologists that we work with and continue to work with since day one help us to formulate the products to perform. That's the name of the game, and that's what it's all about. So really, I think, again, going back to the name CeraVe and the importance of what a logo can do for you, explaining to consumers some uniqueness of your brand, the Cera for Ceramines, the VE for how it's delivered, and then our partnership with dermatologists are kind of all staring you at the face when you look at our brand.
1: It's fascinating because people ask all the time, like, what is the secret of CeraVe? Can you tell me? I say, honestly, because the products work. At the start of any virality, there can be popularity. But then when consumers get their hands on it, that's when it can fall. But what happened here is the consumers get their hands on CeraVe and they say, there's the wow effect. This actually really works. Now I need this and now I need this. And then that's when you get sold out. It's good problems to have. But I think that the exciting part here is that it's a discovery mechanism for how efficacious the products really are at an affordable price point.
0: It's well said. I think that's the interesting about the skin and skincare itself is there's nowhere to hide. With other medications, for example, let's talk about pain to give you an idea like pain. So somebody's in pain and then they use a medicine and they talk about my pain has been reduced, but I don't know what that feels like. Even in a clinical study, you could have results showing a 40% reduction in pain. Even as a clinician, they don't really know what one person's 40% reduction in pain is, etc. When it comes to skincare and skin, there's nowhere to hide. You either know whether skin cleared, looks hydrated, gets the glow you're looking for, or you don't.
1: Reduced my acne or not. It either cleared my acne or it didn't.
0: Exactly. So to go back to the TikTok phenomenon, it certainly started by a few key influencers that had the voice of the consumer, Gen Z in particular here. Although I see a lot more TikTok platform being used across all ages, and it's been really kind of fun to see that. But a few influencers gave out their regimen at a time when during lockdown, during COVID, when people were thinking about self-treating, they're staring at themselves on Zoom calls. There was this kind of need to drive to healthy skin, and the product paid off. And then what's interesting about skincare as well, you know, color cosmetics, hair, you have to be an artist to put some content on. Skin care, anyone can go to their bathroom, wash their face on camera, use a treatment product, take a before photo and take an after photo and upload it. And it's all relevant and makes sense. So you had this kind of moment with influencer products paying off and working and people wanting to replicate what they saw via video for probably a few reasons. One is they had time because we were all locked down. Two is a way probably for social communication. And the TikTok platform grew up also during that time frame as well. So it was a, a bit of a perfect storm, but the brand paid off and works. And that's the gift that keeps on giving. You brought up the other thing regarding CeraVe is the number one recommended brand by dermatologists in the U.S. It also speaks to, obviously, product performance as well, as safe because there's no margin for error. Like you can't become number one if you don't help the physician get a patient better on a path to healthy skin faster. I actually had a dermatologist explain this analogy to me, and I think it's a really good one to see, to think about how the physicians and dermatologists particularly use cleansers and moisturizers as part of a regimen. And that is cleansers and moisturizers are to a dermatologist with diet and exercise to a cardiologist.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: The great analogy. You can have high blood pressure. You could have heart issues, congestive heart failure, these things. And there's great medication out there, but if you're not doing the other things that control the environment or to get on a healthy path, you're asking that medication to work overtime. It's no different than topical medications. And that's our role. We cleanse to set the skin off. The prescription pad and prescription products are used to treat the condition, and then we hydrate and rebuild the barrier and help mitigate any of the side effects of the medication to keep them compliant, which drives to a healthier outcome. And that is why CeraVe was started in the first place, was to help another customer that we serve, the healthcare provider, the dermatologist in the U.S. marketplace, now globally treat patients and get them as better as fast as possible.
1: So I love that. And let's talk a little bit more about that. As a fellow founder, I'm always excited and interested, and I'm sure everyone listening is fascinated, to really understand the beginnings of how CeraVe started. And as the co-founder, I'd love to hear the founder's story.
0: Yeah, sure. So I got into beauty, into skincare, I will call it by accident. So I'm also have a very strong and long-standing sales background. So I'm not a traditional marketer per se, a little bit different where a lot of marketers start in kind of a junior marketing associate role, learn about the four Ps of marketing and then kind of extend their career that way. I had always been on the sales side. So even when I graduated college, I got into consumer goods via food company, as well as a company called Lever Brothers, which is now called Unilever, which had brands like Dove and Caress and all and all these other stuff, kind of started my career calling on retail stores. So literally kind of door to door, learning how to sell and talk to all different types of people to influence them to buy Dial displays, and this was kind of the wild west of retail back then, too, where everything is so tightly controlled by the headquarters. Today, a lot of managers back then at the retail environment had a lot of autonomy to make decisions on behalf of their local group, and then there was this you know army of salespeople that would go in to talk to them to try to influence what they were doing within their store. It doesn't really exist today, but I started there, and then I heard about this thing called pharmaceutical sales. I had some friends from college that started doing this, it sounded interesting, there was more money in it obviously can be a big motivator, especially when I was getting married at the time and starting a family and all this other good stuff. And by dumb luck and through the good grace, got the opportunity to jump right into dermatology, working for, I would say, the largest dermatology company at the time. And it was there that I learned about the skin and skin disease and how it takes a full regimen to treat a patient, et cetera. But also because of my consumer background, That company I worked with had some consumer offerings as well, and I was able to kind of have a dual role where I was learning about the skin, calling on dermatologists door to door, but then also kind of still kept to keep my roots within the commercial sales side of the business, like 4Ps of promotion and price, where it should be placed on shelf, that kind of thing. And, you know, had the opportunity to spend some time there and then jumped to another small pharmaceutical company to build a derm business with three other colleagues from the prior company. And it was while we were there that we were developing what we call an armamentarium, that's a fancy medical word for kind of toolbox of treatments for different skin diseases, acne, atopic dermatitis, or eczema, psoriasis, those kind of things, that we also saw a huge opportunity to develop a new consumer goods product, over-the-counter product, cleanser and moisturizer, to help physicians drive a better outcome. So in essence, it was kind of building a better mousetrap. And we looked at the market back then, I really thought as a reverse engineer, kind of where were we in the marketplace, we really was two schools of thought in skincare. One was do no harm, there was a do no harm approach. So, and brands still do that today where they're really just animating on sensitive skin or we're free of, and we won't disrupt anything. You know, the other school was like, you know, the heavier, the better, more occlusive, grease, grease wins you know, you really want to grease up the skin in order to prevent that hydration. And that's really why we developed the CeraVe brand was to kind of think about efficacy first the worry, through ceramides, physiological lipids partnered with humectants and emollients, plus the thinking strongly about the vehicle, because we know vehicles matter being in the pharmaceutical world to really drive efficacy, but also high compliance as well as safety. So you're kind of like trying to be all things and the first brand to do that. And we were the first Brands, I would say at mass scale to think about ceramides. It feels like today, almost everyone's ultra form of their brand contains ceramides. We had them from day one.
1: it's part of the fundamental. It's in the name. Right. right. And that
0: going back to this develop with dermatologist concept, the dermatologists, again, those that know skin the best were the ones that really help us drive that. So imagine us being in a room with these thought leaders, building something from scratch together to compete and we were started very very humble beginnings you're talking about three single skus our hydrating cleanser which is still our best-selling cleanser today moisturizing lotion and moisturizing cream
1: oh i didn't know that
0: yeah bottom shelf of your local drugstore so not in mass retail not in the walmarts and the targets there was no such thing as e-commerce back in 2006 which is our born date and again just thinking every you know rite aid walgreens cvs and mom and pop Which by the way, I think it speaks to like, you know, a strategy is to like not overextend yourself in terms of going too fast too soon across multiple stores, but really being in every drugstore was enough for us to get the brand patient by patient off the ground. Because basically, if you're in every Walgreens and CVS today, you're in every zip code in America. Right. Mm -hmm. So that certainly helped us from that standpoint kind of get going and And the rest is history. So another probably piece of advice would be, I see a lot of ranges, a lot of new lines that launch with nine or 10 SKUs. Again, CeraVe, we only had three. We only had three for five years. Before we added products four, five, and six, our lotion and cream were like number one and two in the aisle, in the facial aisle, in the drugstore. And our hydrating cleanser was the top five cleanser. So by being patient and driving these utility formulas By the time we needed to add more products, the retailers were like, absolutely.
1: They're asking for it.
0: They're asking for it. And now we can really get into the nitty gritties of shelf placement and shopability and all this other stuff. And then we allowed that to grow, build obviously the P&L and continue to animate and drive new innovation from there.
1: You're really ahead of your time in 2006, I think, to thinking about the partnership with dermatologists, thinking about ingredients and being very strategic about your SKUs and the growth. Now, consumers are super smart about ingredients. They're looking for that dermatology credibility. So, it's in hindsight probably you don't know what you don't know, but it's exactly what the consumer was looking for. I mean, you hope when you're starting a new brand based on what your the analysis are, but it was very smart.
0: Yeah, I mean, we knew the power because of our prior experience of what a physician can do to convert a patient to a path of purchase. So, in essence, it's influencer marketing before there was really a term, right? And then even today, if you were to survey consumers, healthcare providers are the number one driver in terms of making somebody change what they're currently doing. But it makes sense, too. I mean, it's just take a step back. I mean, we're in the industry and we work closely together. But human beings, people that go see a doctor, there's a lot at stake. We entrust them with our lives. We entrust them to not only differential diagnose what we have, but also set us back on a path forward. So what happens is it takes a lot to like win in Durham and to cover the country and to do this at scale. It's very, very expensive, as you might realize, sales teams and product samples and all this other stuff. But there's no better motivator than entering into a brand or relationship with a brand than when you need them the most. And one way to find that scenario is obviously when somebody goes to see a doctor, they're at their worst. And it's not a stretch for anyone to kind of upregulate or understand that, you know, the proposition. And then most times the recommendations given as part of a regimen in patients, they don't second guess. They're not doing a Google search. They're not even going home. They're going right to the retailer.
1: Because their doctor told them to.
0: Because their doctor told them to. And that's also, if you want to go back to like, how, well, how do you get on the shelf? Well, we sold all these ideas to the retailer saying, like, we are going to drive a very highly motivated, highly valuable consumer into your stores looking for us because we have the right infrastructure in place to win and compete.
1: That's incredible. I love the analogy with dermatologists in terms of like the first influencers, because it's true about from a credibility perspective, from driving the path to purchase, from... Even like the subtle influence that's not, was broadcast because when you know in 2006, Facebook had started, but there was no real influencers to begin with, but they had been influencers for all of the time. So while we're on the subject of dermatology, can you tell us a little bit more about your role and what you do and how you work with dermatologists?
0: Yeah, I pivoted out of sales. So I was running the commercial sales business back all the way into 2016. So brand started in 2006, did it for about 10 years. So that would be as we expanded distribution, expanded items, I was running that side. But because of my medical background and tied to dermatology, I always had my foot in different jobs, such as part of product development team, part of the professional marketing strategy. And then I pivoted into what is now my role, which is global head of professional marketing. So the way we kind of drive this brand is most people, if they haven't gone see us in a dermatologist or gotten that recommendation, have seen us on other things. One of the great things that you do, Mimi, with the brand is obviously the social strategy and all that other stuff. So that would be under the consumer marketing team side. This other side of it is professional marketing. So anything that has to do with physicians. So what is the product? You know, what Part of my job is what's the products that are needed to meet unmet needs for dermatologists and to work with an existing product with CeraVe? What's the clinical strategy to convince physicians to use this, either in the disease that they're supposed to use? The product, I wonder why it was developed in the first place, or, you know, it works here, but there's another disease that we might be able to study our products within to give that confidence, reason to believe for a physician to to recommend this. Again, it doesn't happen by just showing up. You got to remember, as I said before, there's just zero margin for error. The skin's already inflamed. The patient's already unhappy. There's been a copay exchange at the office level. There's a lot riding that the dermatologist is the expert and the patient wants to be better as quick as possible. If you don't prove your efficacy, you'll never get that recommendation just because you're there with samples. So my whole role is really focused on the healthcare provider meeting their needs, meeting them at their level, and developing the necessary tools and products to help us drive a benefit or a result that doesn't exist today.
1: It's, I think, important also for people to hear that as a brand was acquired by a big company like L'Oreal, that the essence, that the DNA did not change. In fact, it's reinforced it even stronger to know that now you have probably more resources and team members that you did, but...
0: I mean, remarkable. I have nothing but great things to say about the L'Oreal acquisition. I mean, it gave us fuel and wings to fly all over the world. And it's no wonder why L'Oreal acquired it. I mean, obviously, they have tremendous business development people looking all over the world, combing through the world of beauty. And I think what they saw in the CeraVe brand was, one, it's a brand that they tried to be. (laughs) There's other brands within the active cosmetics development division and skincare. And I think there might have been a bit of a wonderment as we were, even though we're growing today high double digits, we were... Our compound annual growth rate from 2006, God, has to be 30, 40% year over year. You know, like it's that kind of proliferation. So they're looking at that and then they're realizing also they have just tremendous reach, infrastructure, amazing storytellers. Like prior to L'Oreal, we were just really focused on the physician and winning there. We did some consumer, but not much. So now you got L'Oreal that's your great consumer storytellers to help developed things like TVCs and social media strategies and campaigns, and then obviously the global footprint. And the most amazing thing for me is here we are, we're doing well, it's been great. You hit the nail on the head, we are able to keep our DNA, what makes the brand unique Our tie back to dermatology, which is different than the way L'Oreal does product development in terms of starting kind of with a physician's point of view first. But the second thing is the fact that it was acquired in March of 2017. And a year later, it's in like 30 or 40 countries. I mean, that's just mind blowing to me.
1: It's absolutely incredible. And I've had chills this entire conversation because it's it's so amazing to be part of. But I think really just the story is so pure. The products are so good. And it's really one of the most incredible teams I've ever worked with. And you see that every single person has a pivotal role in the success of the brand.
0: No doubt about it. I mean, we have such a talented team working on this brand. It was funny. It was only a few of us that got the opportunity to leave the prior company to go to L'Oreal. And we say it all the time. It's like a really lesson in learning in terms of a corporate standpoint that talent really does matter. And a different and new way of thinking, it's incremental. It's not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one is four. There's no way we would be as successful as we are if we didn't have the amazing, talented team behind this brand. And we all share this same sense of purpose, which is we believe to the core that everyone in the world should benefit from the specialty dermatology. And that's what you get in the CeraVe brand.
1: Wow, Tom, this flew by so quickly. I could talk to you so much longer about you, about CeraVe, about skincare, about dermatology, about TikTok, influencers, so many things but I think we'll have to save that for a part two, because I also want to talk about your social media footprint. But while we're on it, if people are surely going to want to connect with you after this, where can people find you?
0: First and foremost, LinkedIn. So my name, just let you type in Tom Allison Sarah I'm also on Twitter. You know, That's one of the interesting things. I talked about professional marketing. The other thing I get to do is carry this baton on the founder story and bringing to life how we got started. So With that said, there's been a few channels that I'm working with, you know, Twitter in particular. So you can follow me at Tom underscore Allison underscore on Twitter, as well as now on TikTok. So just got verified on TikTok, have put some content out there within the last few weeks, seems to be growing rather rapidly. And its ability for us to video storytell, we're trying to animate for the audience a little bit on what makes therapy so unique, some of the science, but also who's behind the team. And we actually recruited also for the first time, a new position, a new content creator that we put out there on TikTok, so you can see my face on that. But would love to connect with the industry. I always think it's fascinating. It's a dynamic industry. It's exciting. I think we're at this apex where skincare today is very reactive in how consumers enter the brand, they have a problem, therefore they seek solution. And I really believe in my heart of hearts that the next great frontier for all of us is proactive, where it becomes part of your everyday. You know, maybe the second thing you do after brushing your teeth out of getting out of bed in the morning is is kind of using some skincare to get your skin started on the path to, uh, you know, start your day.
1: Amazing. Thank you so, so much, Tom. I appreciate your time.
0: Thank you, Mimi, of course. And as well, thanks for all your hard work on our behalf. You're definitely part of the team that we really enjoy working with every day. Always. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com.
1: Thank you for listening.